It's that time of the week again. It's that time when the latest episode of Digital Kill the Radio Star drops. Drop! It's time to waste another hour or so with David and Chris as they spout out more of their worthless music knowledge. It's time to hear them discuss the music of their youth. As well as the music of today. So kick back, relax, and have some fun with David and Chris. Digital Kill the Radio Star starts right now. (laughs) All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Digital Kill the Radio Star podcast. Hope everybody's had a good week. This is David, as always. And on the other line, I got my good buddy, Chris. How you doing, Mr. Craig? It's been a while. Yeah, doing pretty good. How about yourself? Uh, pretty good. Just, uh, I guess, summer is getting ready to wrap up for those people that have kids. You and I do not fall in that category. So, No, and uh, for those that hate the heat, summer's just getting started. <laughs> yeah, man, it's... it's been I, rough. Yeah, I come out from underground just enough to go to work and come back home. Well, and see, I never get sick. I'm coming off of a, uh, a summer cold. Those are the worst. That is, it's Tuesday, and it's um, I feel fine today. Today's the first day that I felt fine, but I I still have a little bit of that sound. I can hear it, and you know I can eat through. You know how it is whenever you're sick, you can hear that sound in your voice. But anyway, that's the worst. Well, um, before we get to our topic, I think uh, a lot of people enjoyed, and maybe some didn't like uh, our last episode, but I thought it was, ex- I went back and listened to it, and it was even funnier listening to it than when we were actually recording it. Yeah, I thought it turned out well, and I, I think it's one that um, that we ought to try it again. I think that was a good idea, and it's not the easiest one to, to, uh, to prep for. You know, it's one thing when you listen to something like, um, I don't know, uh, Crocus. I, I didn't enjoy it, but he wasn't like listening to Luke Bryan. Yeah, that that was just painful. But um, yeah, we've got some ideas. We were just talking about it. Shazam we started. Yeah, we got some ideas on some other bands that I think would work well for that topic again. Um, it's funny. I mean, it's it's one thing to do the uh, the album that you. Uh, to go over uh, albums that everybody loves that you're not familiar with because there seems like there's a better chance you're going to like it. But when you're going after a band that you know you're not going to like and you want and you're going to listen to that whole album, yeah, it's tough to get through it. Um, there's a plethora of country artists we can go through. Oh, there's no doubt. Just look whoever's in look whoever's number one on the charts right now, and there's your pick. Talking about you, Eric Church. And you know the thing is, he's. He's Waylon Jennings compared to mo- a lot of them that we've talked about, like the Florida Georgia Line and Luke Bryan. The uh, Black I mean, Crow really is. That's the Black Crow's original lead guitarist is his guitar player now. Yeah, it's probably a nice payday. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Well, Chris, we're starting to see what we thought would happen—a flood of releases post COVID, and the world is getting to where we can go to concerts and do things. Um, there's been some some announcements of things coming out. Uh, my boy, Jerry Cantrell has an album coming out in um, October. He just released the lead singles, got Duff McKagan playing bass on it. Uh, it sounds really good. It sounds like Jerry Cantrell. Um, another band. I really like the war on drugs dropped a new single. Their new album's coming out in October. And then um, still waiting on that Ryan Adams vinyl heard it got pushed back to January, but that album still just continues to, amaze me and it gets better with uh with every listen and then uh a band you and i both like Sunvolt, just came out with an album last week i haven't had a chance to listen to it but you've been raving about it yeah it's uh, I'm, I'm still getting used to it you know how it is when you get the 
that when you first start listening to one, when something first comes out. But yeah, it was released Friday. Electro Melodier. That's the name of the album. And it's good. You know, the, the thing is, Jay Farrar, if nothing else, he's consistent. You're not going to get... He's not going to get too experimental on you, which I like that about him. And some albums, obviously, are I like more than others. But the last one that he did a couple years back, Union, was the only one he's ever released that I just didn't like. The only one. And so I was wondering, okay, is, is he... Uh, was that just a one-time thing? Is he going to be back? And and I think he is. Uh, how this is going to measure up to other recordings, uh, we'll have to give it a, you know, a few weeks at least. But uh, it's good. Uh, I do recommend it. And I'm like you, that uh, Ron Adams, uh, Big Colors, just, it keeps getting better. I, we were talking about it the other day. It's, I think right now, Probably my second favorite album of his. It's definitely um, my second favorite. It, it, it's at least the second. I mean, it could be my favorite. It really could be my favorite. I, I think this is, it's a top two record for me that he's put out. And um, you know, that's a whole nother thing too with what's going on just with, with music. It's just Ryan Adams, those, man, those messages he's putting out, they, they get a little dark. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, his Instagram, if, if, if for anybody that's un, unfamiliar, um, I, I do encourage following him on Instagram if you like Ron Adams, because lately he's been doing nightly shows, and, so, and some of them are long. He started out just doing two or three songs, and now, the other night I saw he was, I, I saw him start it, and uh, ended up putting the phone away, I guess I went to bed, whatever, but he was starting to play play Prisoner, Prisoner beginning then, mm-hmm. and... I caught one day last week, I caught him doing a Whiskey Town set. And he did five or six Whiskey Town songs and then played a couple of his solo songs. So it's, they're really good. But, um, you know, he's obviously he's in a bad place right now, uh, trying to get his career back. And, you know, he's there's, there's ways to support him if you want to, because those shirts that he's putting out, lyric shirts, those are pretty cool. Um Anyway, it, it's I, I hate to see what's what's uh what's happening. That's kind of off track. Yeah, his yeah his Instagram stuff can get pretty dark. Um, but on a positive note, I got a feeling Def Heaven's about to drop a bomb on us. Those first Amen. two songs are awesome. Yeah, so they are. And hey, I was talking to uh, to um our mutual friend today, and. He listened to, was listening to some of Sunbather last night, and he's never, I've recommended before, and he, he never could get into it, and it was clicking with him last night, and he was telling me that, and it was a friend of his that, you know, left the, left the album over at his, at his house, and he said that he listened to the new song, one, I don't know which one he listened to, he just said, I listened to the new song, and you know, you and I know there's two of them. But he said it was so different. And he said that, he said, I heard that's what it's going to be on the album. I said, it is. It's not going to be the screaming. And he said, I, I got to imagine it. Their, their fans are just pissed. And I said, oddly enough, you look at the comments when they release something, it's probably about 90% positive. Um, ultimately, good music is good music. I, I'm going to miss that. Um, I hope they go back to the old form. I, I'm completely okay with doing something different. But... Um, yeah, I, I, I'm like you. I really like it. I think they're gonna. They may lose a few fans, and, and I said this probably about ninety percent. Let's say they lose ten percent of their fan base. They're, I think they're about to pick up a whole lot of new fans. But I will say this: if you're a new fan and you listen to that, I'm warning you right now. If you go see them live without listening to the other records, you're gonna get a surprise. <laughs> yes, I need to. I need to know they're gonna do this record beginning to end. <laughs> Can I get a? <laughs> You're gonna get a surprise when they crank into the the back catalog. But you know, if they follow the normal trend of stuff like this, they're not gonna go back to that. Look at uh, Mastodon; they've gotten cleaner and cleaner vocals. A Gojira has gotten cleaner and cleaner vocals. 
Um, I'm sure there'll be some, but I got a feeling they're going to be so successful with this, they're not going to go back. You're probably right, and it's got to be so much easier. Um, just to, I imagine he could do some serious damage to his voice the way he does that, you know, night in, night out. Um, I did read in one of the articles they were talking about how the drummer it's definitely he's going to enjoy playing it live a little bit better the new stuff instead of just the constant blast beats and just because I mean the drumming's pretty you know this it's not just the screaming is gone the music is less aggressive right yeah I'm I'm looking forward to that um, I know there's a few more albums that are coming out too that I, that I am looking forward to I uh, I know I put I have this little list that I, that I bring out from time to time. And, Keeps me track, reminding. Of course, the Iron Maiden one. You know, Iron Maiden, that's another thing. They put out a new single about two weeks ago. and Saw a lot of people poo-pooing on it. It wasn't great. It, it wasn't bad. It really wasn't. It wasn't bad. But um, a friend, a different friend and I were talking last night, and uh, he was saying what he gets, what he's tired of is the long, every song, you know, nine, 10, 11 minutes, every single one of them. And used to, he made a good point. Used to, they, you know, you put out, they put out Power Sleeve and they've had, have Ryman H. Mariner on there. Uh, and that's just an example. They put one, two long ones. Now every single song is. And uh, I kind of wish they'd go back to the old format, but I am still interested in that one. Um, oh, Jay Jackson. There's something she's doing with somebody. I, I don't know the, who the girl is, but it's another singer-songwriter. And her last name is, all I know is her last name is Sellers. Because they got a project coming out in October called Jackson and Sellers. And it's um, way more upbeat, kind of rock. And uh, they put out one single, and it's really, really good. Um, what else do we have coming out? I'm going to have to check that out. I'm going to pull that up right now. Yeah, it, it sounds really good. Go, You can go on, you, I know you can go on YouTube, I'm sure, and find it. Just is type it, in Jack- Is it called Six Foot Changes? I, I don't remember the name of the song, but it, but Jackson plus, they use a plus sign. I don't know if that really matters, but Jackson plus Sellers. Yeah. Here it is. Yeah. And, yeah, there it is. I got it. And, yeah, and then I'm looking forward to the new. We got. We also have the candle box coming out later this year. The killers. Yeah, that's one that. Ooh, they've I, been on a downward trajectory. They have. They have. They pulled a Wilco. And I will listen to this one and give it a shot. If they drop another turd, I'm probably done with them. You know, it's the same way I don't listen to new Wilco records at all. I probably will give up. They're never going to beat Samstown. They're not, but you know, the I always forget the name of it. The one with the uh, Runaway on it and Prize oh, Fighter and No, um, Miss Atomic Bomb. Oh, that's uh, gosh. I was just listening to it the other night because that one was really, really good. So they, it's not like they they got. It's not like they. Forgot how to make good records off Sam Sound. I thought Hot Fuss had some really good tunes on it. Let's see. Hold on. Let me find that. It's going to drive me crazy. Battleborn. Yeah. Battleborn's a really good record. Have you ever seen them? I haven't. We need to make sure we go see them in The Cure next year. Yeah. Hey, uh, Dave Hawes also, he uh, announced that he has a new one coming out. It's pretty cool because he, um, it's, the song's good. He He's another one who's changed his music there's there's not many punk elements of punk left in his music anymore but he still he makes a reference about um i think he's talking maybe about high school he's talking about in the summer driving around blasting hey jealousy and um the uh the gin blossoms because i saw brian brian fallon retweeted it and said something to the effect of hey look at you or something like that because the gin blossoms they heard the song and they thanked Dave Oz for mentioning the song. And he says, hey, no, thank you for writing such an amazing song. So it's pretty cool. But the, the single is good. I don't remember what it's called, but Dave Oz has one. And then, like you said, it's just um, new show, more shows coming up. Um, I think in 
uh, a buddy of mine, we're in October. We might be going to the Tabernacle in Atlanta to see um, Bad Religion and Alkaline Trio co-headline. You ever been to a show there? I have. I've seen social. I've seen social D there twice. It's an amazing place. I saw Oasis. It, Shannon texted me last night and said, "Can you believe we saw Oasis in a place as small as the Tabernacle?" And I was like, "Yeah." Let me tell you what, Chris. That was in Atlanta, first week of August. You can you told imagine. me about that. It was. I was completely dehydrated. Like I was shriveled up like a prune, man. <laughs> but it was. It was worth it. You know, and I just hope that because now that I've got, in all likelihood, I will go to that show. I've got Billy Idol in October. I've got Sunvolt coming up in September. Country Westerns, I believe, is in September. Um, I've got Amigo and the Devil October. Um, I am gonna. I'm going to see. Uh, never seen uh, Ben Nichols of Lucero solo. Yeah, we're, going, we're going to see that Tuesday. Sorry for the dogs barking. That's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm just hoping shows continue. If you know what I mean. I think we're going to be nervous. okay. I'm nervous. But. I, got, I got faith. Um, I was lucky enough to get tickets to see the Black the Black Keys in Oxford at the Lyric. Um, everybody knows they just put out a, an entire album of Hill Country uh, music covers. And so they're going to do one show there. And I think it only holds like 600 people. And so it sold out in less than five seconds. And Jeez. I mean, me and my buddy were both hitting the enter button and I got it. And so it was a re- for to see a band that big in a place that small is only a $90 <laughs> ticket. They were immediately going for $400. Uh, so anyway, I'm really looking forward to that just because they're going to play a lot of that hill country stuff. I like there. They have two albums that I really, really like, but um, to see them play that hill country stuff right there where it was all written, no telling who's going to show up. So that's cool. I'm going to see the Black Crows in September at Birmingham, and I may go see them in Atlanta, but probably just Birmingham. And then, so you're going to go see the Black Pumas now, so we can stay on the trend. Black um, Keys, Black oh, Crows, baby. <laughs> man, I've gotten into the Black Pumas. They're good. They're good. Um, but I was going to ask you, have you seen the Woodstock '99 documentary yet? Man, I totally forgot. I forgot about that. Um, we could do. We it? could. It's like an hour and a half, two hours. We could do an entire podcast on that one. Okay, um, I might watch that. Uh, if not tonight, I'm going to try to watch it tomorrow it's night. Dis- it's disturbing. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. And they have like Fred Durst saying that like MTV made it worse than it was. But then they have a shot from the stage where they pan out, and it literally looks like a post-apocalyptic world. There's like these massive fires. I'm not talking about like a bonfire. I'm talking about fires that are like 10 and 15, 20 yards wide. And... Just women being molested, raped left and right. There's no water. Um, people just pooping all in the, like, where you're watching the bands. And there's no infrastructure. And, like, the security people got so scared they took their security shirts off. Um, it's disturbing. And, like, how artist after artist could have gone out there and made the situation better. Like, for instance, the Red Hot Chili Peppers went out there. And, like, when the fires were just blazing... And they were just needing the Red Hot Chili Peppers to calm things down. And they go out there and play Fire by Jimi Hendrix. And then, like, Fred Durst goes out there and just talks about breaking stuff and lets break stuff. And they show him, like, tearing the towers down. And just all the, like, women that were just... it Like, they talk about that. It was just brutal. You'll you'll know what I'm talking about when you get there. I've got to watch that. Have you seen, by the way, the picture that's been floating around now of Fred Durst? That is weird. I, that surely, it is. I almost thought that had to be some type of a wig and a joke, but it's not. And Stephen Hyden, I think, posted things that he looks like an extra on the Beastie Boys sabotage. I saw that, and he does. He looks just like those costumes they were wearing on that. Yeah, I think they they were pretty hype on the bill on Lollapalooza this weekend. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and so he performed looking like that. I mean, I'd been like, <laughs> "Who's this guy?" Yeah, that's funny. And then uh, a kind of another thing that happened the other day, um, you know, I was trying to think back, like how many bands, what bands are the furthest along with the all original members? And I don't think anybody will ever beat ZZ top. What, like 52 years and dusty Hill died. Um, man, that's a long run. Yeah. That's another one that we, I, I really didn't think about, um, as we're 
getting started on this and we hadn't talked a while there there were a lot of music deaths um you know and it's like i, I saw it was mike portnoy posted something about heaven just got the most eclectic band ever because yeah you had dusty hill um the guy from singer from metal church no disrespect i just don't know his name right off because i don't listen to metal church but i know a lot of people love them uh jeff labar a few weeks ago cinderella the guitarist Guy that played keyboards with with uh, Cinderella and I believe Kiss among others. I think he was a day or two later. Cinderella took um, a hit last week. Biz Marquee. Oh baby, you. So that's a that's a lot of pretty big names that that uh, that went out. Um, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day about. I know that they. I know that ZZ Top was touring because I heard mm-hmm. he went home. And because he wasn't feeling good and he went home, got some rest and he's of course going to plan on resuming the tour and never made it. Are they going to fulfill those dates playing here right now as we speak? So what happened was they have a bass tech that's been with them for 30 years. His name's like, I think like Elwood Francis or something like that, which Elwood, that's a great name. Um, and he's been with them like 30 years. And I was just reading about this. That's why I know so much. So apparently during, the, you know, during COVID, Elwood told Billy Gibbons, I'm going to look like you guys. I'm not going to shave. And so he's grown a ZZ Top type beard out. Well, when Dusty Hill was on his deathbed, Billy Gibbons was with him and he grabbed Billy Gibbons' arm and he said, keep it going, grab Elwood and tell him to take the bottom in. And so they canceled one show. They played Tuscaloosa last night and they're literally playing here right now. And they're going to keep going. What are they going to do with the Dusty Hill vocals? Um, I don't know. Well, you know, ZZ Top's kind of known to not necessarily be completely live on everything. Um, I got a feeling he, I've watched two of the videos and there's nobody, this guy's not singing the vocals. So I think the drummer can actually sing a little bit. So Frank Beard, which he's the only one without a beard in the band. Um, but yeah, I mean, dude, like that is amazing. 52 years. If, if that's really what happened and he said, keep it going and you want to do it, then okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not opposed to that, but cause, cause my gut tells me, man, over 50 years, you had a nice, 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 nice run yeah. in the thing. End it. Their, their Netflix documentary, even if you don't like ZZ top, is fascinating. Yeah. Um, just man, just 52 years and never a lineup change ever. It's not like, you know, Aerosmith, well, you know, it's the original members now, but how many times have they kicked people out, brought them back in? Um, you know, the Stones obviously don't have original members, you know. Um, I don't know, that's just, I found I found that fascinating. But yeah, if you're out there, HBO Max, Woodstock 99, it's worth it just to rent it, get HBO Max for a month. It's disturbing. Um, and I've got HBO Max, so I, I will, um, yeah, I'll watch it. All right, so we had so much fun last time, making fun um, um, of different bands and artists that we thought were absolutely terrible, and they were. All of them were terrible, uh, except I would say uh, I wouldn't put Seether in that category, but the other stuff was pretty, pretty bad. So this week, what we thought we would do, we would carry on with the comedy routine, so to speak, we're going to talk about worst power ballads, and there are a plethora of those to choose from. Uh, and this one's going to be fun. I got a feeling we're going to make some people mad. That's fine. They can make fun of our music. But anyway, uh, I had fun going. Uh, by the way, nice Uncle Tupelo shirt. Oh yeah, thank you. Um, I I had fun trying to go through all of the, you know, pick some, and I had to I had to kind of be careful with it because. I'll be honest with you, most of this music, if I go back and try to listen to it now, it just does absolutely nothing for me. But I had to put myself in the mindset of when I was 14 through 18 or whatever, and what was good and what was bad, and the ones that I picked are bad, uh, were bad then and they're bad now, in my opinion. See, I, I didn't, like I've got one, I've got a few of them on here that I did like back then, and I just can't listen to them now and we've talked about this before yeah a lot of those bands a lot of that that stuff we don't still listen to but it's more like the really 
the cookie cutter fourth wave stuff. Yeah, yeah, the the uh, the firehouses and the slaughters and those are the type of bands that are that are hard for me to listen to, but Faster Pussycat, L.A. Guns, Crew, um, I still I still like it, and I, and I like it a lot actually. Um, Bang Tangos, different things like that. There's some really really good bands. Man, you look like you're about to lose it. What are you looking at? I'm just looking at my list. Sorry. Yeah, well, I mean, there's already already someone there that this this isn't going to be like it was a few weeks ago when we did that, where we're in total agreement about certain these songs and how terrible they are and these albums they are. David's got some on his list that I am in strong opposition as far as that they're being that they're terrible songs. But all right, let me go first this time. Okay. All right, first, I have Pretty Boy Floyd, Wild Angels. Katen, I'm going to get hate mail from Katen. Uh, I mean, this is just, it's bad. Like, I never listened to Pretty Boy Floyd when they came out. The only thing I know about them is when they play them on, on Hair Nation, whenever I listen to that. I know you love Pretty Boy Floyd. Was it Electric Boys with Electric Toys or something like that? Leather Boys with Electric Toys. Um, great, I, great record. But, I'm, I mean, let's, all right, we're going to play a game. Bob Dylan or or Pretty Boy Floyd? You and me were wild angels. We'll set the skies on fire. You and me were wild angels. We're going to set the skies on fire tonight. This thing, it's almost like they were like, hmm, we've got to have a ballad. And these guys, first of all, are horrible musicians. And the drummer wasn't bad. You take I'm horrible sorry, musicians. Won't. And then, like, we got to try to find a song that's like something other than sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So we're going to do wild angels, you know, and, and, uh, it's all about setting the night on fire, Chris. It's all it's it's kind of like fighting for rock and roll, you know. I'm standing up for rock and roll, which is which is heat, man. Uh, it's not heat bad, but anyway, I've always hated this song and thought it was just terrible. I like the song and I like that album, and that is one of those ones that um, you know, it's kind of a cult classic in a way. Do you like Maybe. it because it's so bad it's good? No, I like it because I like the album. The the um the guy who produced it, I think it may have been, I think it was Howard Benson who produced a lot of those albums. He uh, he talks about you know they couldn't play and all in and uh in in the book that I did that um nothing but a good time the a book that I read we talked about, and he makes a comment about how I think for a while he didn't even when he would list his his resume, he wouldn't even include that one because he was embarrassed by it. But now he does. And he says, you know, he said a lot of people, he, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was something to the effect of a lot of people love that album. I'm not sure why, but they do. You know, so, I mean, he's just, he still rags on it. I like it. And funny thing is, this isn't one of those nostalgia ones for me because I didn't listen to them when I was a little kid. Kaden gave me this, this, uh, the CD to listen to when I was in college. And I thought, man, this is catchy. And I liked it then. I like it now. So there you go. All right. <laughs> the next one we can for sure agree on. Tough. I hate kissing you goodbye. This is as contrived and cookie cutter by the numbers as you can ever have in a uh, song. If you listen to Tough, first of all, you know, the birds, they are not. Um, sometimes I almost feel like they were still Panther before they were still Panther. You know, like it's so bad, it's got to almost be like, you know, satire or a parody. But, <laughs> I mean, let's listen. I hate kissing you goodbye. I've heard it all before, and I know for sure that, I, that it won't heal. With time, baby, I hate kissing you goodbye. And he's got the lyric in here, my heart is like an open book. And one... <laughs> An open book, won't you read between the lines? I mean, you know, Ron Adams, I'm sure, had that on one of his uh, <laughs> albums. This one is just, it, if you listen, I and mean, I don't listen to Tough, but like I just listened to a few other songs on that album. This is so obviously trying to get chicks and trying to like get on the radio because the other stuff is just, you know, sleaze rock at its best. But then they're like, we got we to gotta have a soft heart when it comes to this song. You know who helped write that song, don't you? Who? Brett Michaels. You didn't do anything to help it. 
Because, you know. I'm pretty sure that's the one that he co-wrote because he helped them out when they got going. Does he perform this with all the Brett Michaels hits? <laughs> he might. But, you know, but this song, no, I don't really like this one. I, I don't. Um, and that, what goes around, I think is what it's called, album they put out. Uh, as a whole, it's not the best album, I'll give you that. But there's a song called, I think, Forever Yours and So Many Seasons, two different songs. I love those songs. I'm, and I'm not, I was about to say, and I'm sorry, but no, I'm not sorry. I like them. But uh, no, this, this isn't a great ballad. Yeah. All right. The next one, I know we completely disagree on this one. It's uh, Journey with John Waite, basically, is the singer. Bad English when I see you smile. Now, I'll admit, when it came out, I liked it. But as I've gotten older, this is like adult rock cheese at its best. This is like something you would see on that Storm album. Now, John Waite's a great singer. Neil Sean's a great guitar player. Those guys have written a ton of great songs. And I understand why this was so big. But, man, going back and looking at back on it, it's cringeworthy. I like the song. I don't know what else to say. I like it. Uh, always have. Um... I mean, I, 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 it's one I just can't get can't get into as far as backing you up on that. All right, the next one. I please, dear Lord, tell me we agree on this one. Aerosmith, I don't want to miss a thing. Agreed. This is the most un-Aerosmith Aerosmith song. Now, this was at the time when they started letting other people come in and write, which I think they started that with Permanent Vacation, like Desmond Child and some other people come in. And if I'm wrong on that, I'm sorry, but he's the one that always comes to mind. This was obviously a sellout song, and that's fine. They made a ton of money on it, and if I were in the position they were, I would have done it too. I'm just going to put that out front. But it's nothing like any other Aerosmith song. But to this day, it gets girls and women to go to their shows. But I don't, I can't, I mean, I think Joe Perry... Like, I always talk about, like, cool-looking and cool-acting guitar players. Joe Perry and Billy Duffy are, like, my two favorite. I just can't see Joe Perry in the studio going, yeah, this is going to be fun to play live. <laughs> you know, this is the guy, you know, that wrote No More, No More and, you know, Sweet Emotion and stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, we're going to play this one. Um, it's funny. Steve Gorman said in his book, the Black Crows were offered a spot on that soundtrack, and they turned it down. And Gorman's like, yeah, that was a smart business move. Um, but anyway, so you're in agreement with me. That one's bad. Yeah, and you know what what Gorman said to use a um, a quote my dad has always said: Aerosmith is laughing all the way to the bank on that one. Yes, still, yeah, still laughing on their way to the bank. So, yeah, if I were Gorman, I would have been I would have been upset they didn't contribute to that. All right, for my next one, I'm just going to read the the chorus to you. Sometimes we raise our guns of pain, but I'll be your defender. Because if love means war, baby, I surrender. Trickster. That had to have been the guy with the hair that wrote that, right? <laughs> Man, uh, you know, yes, that that's cheesy lyrics. Uh, and a lot of the stuff on that album are cheesy lyrics. I, yeah, I like it too. You use your words <laughs> as weapons. I use love as a shield. So tell me why are we on this battlefield? Oh, it's so touching. <laughs> Now, I, now they were like sixteen or seventeen when they wrote this, so I'm I'm going to give them a pass on that. But uh, now I they have written some songs I really like. There's a song called "Road of a Thousand Dreams" on the next album I like, and they have a song they put out like ten years ago called "Tattoos and Misery" that's awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, and if they were to get back together, like they're not much older than you and I, maybe a year or two older than us. Yeah, they couldn't be. I, I... This would be embarrassing to have to play in front of people. I don't know, man. I mean, they they and they have to play that, but I I think it's a good I think it's a good hairband ballad. Oh man, I'm I don't love you anymore. All right, <laughs> the next one is Danger, Danger, Don't Walk Away. Um, I remember at the time that we had the uh, Columbia House thing. Um, they had their second album. Was it called Screw It? Mm-hmm. And then the first one, and they were two of my selections when I got my free ones, and 
because uh, I was like, that Screw It album cover was awesome when you're like 14 years old. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great, you know. And most of their stuff is juvenile, but they relied way too heavily on like a keyboard aspect to their stuff. Now, the guy that was the guitar player is so good, he's played on that G3 thing. Uh, is it Andy Timmons, I think is his name. But Don't Walk Away, it's so cheesy, it's so contrived, it's so like... The thing that makes it worse is it's got that keyboard background into it. So, I mean, that's like, that makes it even worse, the way the keyboard's mixed into it. Um, I've always kind of been surprised that that so many people like them. I know they put out an album after that, though, that was they could not release for a long time. That's more kind of like a grunge album people really like. But anyway, I've always kind of goofed on that song. I, I had to listen to this one when you sent me your list because... I knew as a kid, bang, bang, and naughty, naughty. Mm. <laughs> I, I didn't know the other songs because I didn't, I didn't have an album by them. But um, I'm surprised the name of this song wasn't Love, Love. <laughs> All right. Please tell me we can agree on this next one. The song that I feel like for years was played at every wedding, Firehouse, Love of a Lifetime. Oh, yeah, I, my gosh, is this bad. I can, and before you even go on on this, this is one that when I was a kid, I remember they did uh, Don't Treat Me Bad, and I loved it, and then they come up with the ballad. I thought it was amazing. I, I mean, blown away, loved it. Now it's one of those ones that we talked about, that last wave of those hair bands, that when I listen to it now, I I have a tough time with it. Yeah, particularly the vocals, and it is so, man, it's so cheesy. It, it, it's not, it's not, it doesn't even feel like, it doesn't even come across as a rock song. No, and it's, what's I mean, there were some songs on those first two albums I really, really liked um, that I, I thought were, were really, really good. I thought they had kind of a unique sound, but then um, this one, and there's a ballad on the second one that's equally as cringeworthy. All right. The next one is one that's kind of a maybe not as known to many people, but I still remember how bad it was. Uh, by this time, um, in like '92 or '93, Bon Jovi were coming off the success of New Jersey and Slippery and Wet. They could do no wrong. They were selling out every place they went. And I'm drawing a blank. What was the name of the album um, that came Keep out? The Faith. Yeah, Keep the Faith, which I think has some some really cool songs on it. But they had a song called "I Want You." And at this point, Bon Jovi was starting to transition into that adult contemporary music like you'd hear on the river or something like 104.1. And this song is kind of buried in that album, but it's called um, I Just Want You, and I'm going to read the chorus. I never wanted the stars, never shot for the moon. I like them right where they are. All I wanted was you. So baby, just turn away because I can't face the truth. All I'm trying to say is all I wanted was you. Sweet. That's that's cheap, man. <laughs> that is so cheap. But that album does have, there's a song on there called Dry County that's like, unlike anything they've ever done, it's kind of an epic song. I really like it. I like Keep the Faith. Um, that Bed of Roses was a good, you know, was a good ballad. But this one is always just kind of, looking back on it, it signaled where they were going. We've never talked much about Bon Jovi. Are you a Bon Jovi guy? No, um, so Bon Jovi, my, uh, one of the very first cassettes I ever owned, I mean, it, early for me was uh, Slippery When Wet, so I loved it. There are still songs from that that I really love. Uh, you Give Love a Bad Name is Don't Stop Believing, in a way. It's not as big, but it's another one of those, if that's going to come on on karaoke or on a jukebox, place is going to lose their mind. Just one of those songs, "Living on a Prayer." That that's a top ten eighty song. It's it's a it's a great one. Um, let's see. Uh, then uh, raise your hands. I like that. The the um, blood on blood. The ballad that was really good. Well, see, that's the thing. Then I was going to get. Then we go to New Jersey, and. Which, by the way, I'm sitting here and I'm wondering why I'm smirking. I'm thinking of the video that clip that I sent you Friday that you never. <laughs> oh 
I'll never, <laughs> I'll never hear living on the prayer the same way. No. <laughs> don't, um, don't worry, folks. We're not going to put it anywhere where you can see it. <laughs> um, it's funny, but anyway, um, so New Jersey, yeah, a lot of great songs on New Jersey, and that is a just New Jersey is one you can hit play and go straight through. And it's great. I think Hair Nation, one of the, those holiday weekends where they did greatest hair band albums, I think they put it at number one. I wouldn't do that, but is it one of the great ones? Yeah, it is. But it has one of the best songs you could always do as an opener. Lay your hands on me. Yeah. After that album, I uh, I was because I was never like the huge Bon Jovi fan. After that album, I wasn't listening to a ton of that music, you know, we're, I'm getting into around ninth, 10th grade and I'm starting to listen to, I'm listening to know what the flavor of the day at that point, grunge and starting to experiment a little with different music. And that was kind of put on the back burner. And so to answer your question, do I like Bon Jovi? I like those two albums. And that's if somebody, if somebody ends. gave me free tickets, I'd go see them. I would too. You know, the bad thing is though, I think you and I would be so disappointed. Well, it's no, I really like Richie Sambora. I think he's kind of got a cool voice and I, I like his playing style, but. Well, he, he was, he was Bon Jovi's Steven Tyler, his Keith Richards. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I would go, but the reason I say, I think we'd be very disappointed is I think, any one of those ones that'll play a bunch of his new stuff that people don't really want to hear. I think he's one of those. Well, I mean, see, I'm I'm not a I'm not a nostalgia person when I go see bands. Like I don't have to have like all the hits. I don't you know, if they're putting out new music, I don't care if they play two or three new songs. And that's any band. I mean I'm you know if I don't either. I don't care yeah. if they play two or three new songs. But your two albums were what, 86, 88, 89. Eight, mm-hmm. 89. Those are your two albums that had this, the big success. You're not playing in that arena, arena without those two albums. Right. No chance. Right. So, yeah, you can play the new stuff, but you better play those albums and even go further back than that and then play the album, some stuff off the ones in between. And I think he's one of those ones that'll just play a lot of newer stuff. I, I may be wrong on that. Well, I feel though. like his new demographic is like 40 to 50-year-old suburban women. It's, it, it's soccer moms. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely soccer moms. And I'm looking up just out of curiosity. Bear with me just one second. I want to see what a um, a set list is. So this is the most recent set list. This was, uh, looks like he played Asbury Park um, in April. Beautiful Drug, Do What You Can, You Give Love a Bad Name, so there's one. Born to Be My Baby. That's another one. Limitless, We Weren't Born to Follow, Roller Coaster, Lost Highway, Who Says You Can't Go Home, Let It Rain, there's one. It's My Life, Story of Love, I'll Be There for You, This House is Not for Sale, Have a Nice Day, Keep the Faith, you can kind of throw that in there too. Bad Medicine, mm-hmm. Living on a Prayer, Wanted Dead or Alive. 19 songs, about eight of them, eight or nine of them are from the heyday. That That's kind of weak. Anyway. All right. Your list. The Drop next song it. is one that uh, Sonny Pooney is going to shoot me over and I'm going to see him this week. And he may not, he may hit me over it. Uh, Steel Hearts, I'll Never Let You Go. Um, I bought the Steel Heart album without ever hearing a song because I thought it was a cool looking album. And it does have a song on there I really like. Everybody loves Eileen. Good song. Uh, but this, I will never let you go. I don't know what it is about this guy's voice. It's so high pitched, and it's. I understand why people like it. I have never liked it, and have always turned the channel whenever it comes on. And I know you feel differently. I feel so differently that this is without question a top ten ballad. I might could make the argument for five, but definitely 10. Because when I think of those great power ballads, 
obviously to me, it's I remember you, Bow of Jane. Those are the top two for me, probably. And then you gotta have sometimes she cries on there. Gotta be in top I, ten. I yeah, a warrant song would make it. But do I go there? Do I go with heaven? I, I don't know. I but, saw but red. I, yes, I see your point. But they were the they were the king of ballads. They mm-hmm. they did. No nobody could touch Janie when it came to writing ballads. Nobody could. Um, which is really sad too. The fact that he just shit on his ballads if you saw him live. Um, he didn't even want to do it. He'd do like a, about a five minute medley of the ballads. That's the one good thing about Robert Mason. I know it's not Janie, but Robert Mason, he's going to give you the full ballad, like two or three of those ballads in their entirety. Janie wouldn't do it. Right. Um, and it's a shame because he was so good. But yeah, you're right. Those go in there. Um, I'd have to, uh, Guns N' Roses Patience goes in there. Uh, I'd have to, I don't know, I'd have to go through a list, try to come up with it. But I'll never let you go. Man, I mean, his, his voice is... So good. I mean, so good. I mean, he was just a talented, talented vocalist. But all right, my last one is not necessarily a power ballad in the sense that it came out in like the late '80s, early '90s. But it is Ishtar bad, and that is Creed's with arms wide open. This makes me want to stick my head in a wood chipper and turn it on. Um, I have never liked Creed on any level. And I remember when that first album came out, people that I respect their musical taste were just raving about it. And I go, this guy's literally the male equivalent of Celine Dion. Everything's over the top. Instead of hitting, well, he does hit his chest some, but like she would hit her chest, but he does the thing where he arches back with his arms out, you know, and like looks up to the sky. That's awful. I'm sorry. Now, I do like some of the stuff Alter Bridge done, and I like Mark Tremonti as a guitar player, and his solo band Tremonti is pretty good. Very, very heavy. Man, this is embarrassing. This is embarrassing this ever got on the radio. Now, like you said, he's laughed all the way to the bank, but it's embarrassing. I don't like this song either. Creed is one of those bands that, if I, that at the time, I did listen to them. It's... um. For the most part, it, they're kind of hard to listen to now in the same way that some of the other bands we've talked about or Dave Matthews, that's another one. I know completely different realm of music, but that's one I could listen to when I was 18, 19. Now, I can't change the station quick enough if Dave Matthews comes on. I'll nearly wreck my car trying to change the station. Um, but this song, I'm telling you all that to say that even though I did like a lot of their songs, I hated this from day one. I hated it. You know, when it comes to ballads for me that were monster hits by bands that just had tons and tons of success, this is one of them. And the other one, because this isn't like a hairband ballad either, but another song that I just absolutely hate, always have, Black Hole Sun. Hate it. Always hated it. Now, I don't think but, it's anywhere near Soundgarden's best, but I don't hate it. But, um, anyway, yeah, I, I, this, this song is, what, how's he started? I just heard the news today or something like that. It, it, yeah, it, it, that's a bad song. I, I, I totally agree. All right, Chris, let's hear your 10. I know we, we had a couple. That we yeah, and I didn't put in, I didn't do the research that David did. So at least David brought some entertainment. So I'm here. I am to screw everything up. So I'll have thoughts. We, at least I got to talk music. Okay, my, my first one. A time, there was a time where this was probably okay to me. Uh, it's just too sappy, way too sappy. Europe, carry. Yeah. I mean, I. there's worse songs. It's just the sappiness of it. And I don't like his voice. And you don't like it, and if he looks differently. Yeah, it, it just, yeah, I, I never, never did it. For but me. if you know what's odd about them, like, I've heard, I've heard about them on a couple other podcasts and check their last two albums are like heavy. I've heard that like too. Like heavy, heavy. 
I haven't listened to any and, of it. And you wonder if this, if that album was kind of like the record label going, we've got to go commercial, we've got to go with the flavor of the day. Could be. If you look at, man, if you ever want to see somebody selling his soul to a record label, look at Al Jurgensen of Ministry. Yeah, I mean, anybody listening to this, if you don't know Ministry that well, you probably know, you know, Just One Fix or New World Order. Uh, but... Man, go back and listen to the album. Listen to the song Revenge. Listen to the album with sympathy. It's like Depeche Mode. And I know that sounds hard for somebody that's, to listen that's to That's who this. I was going to say. I know that sounds hard for somebody to like listening to this to, to believe that, but it does. And there's some really good songs on there. The song that I just said, Revenge, is amazing. But it's known. The late that's the label that the label that's what they wanted Arista that's what they wanted Jurgensen to record and he did it so to your point maybe they always were more heavy that being uh, Europe but no just don't dig the song um, this is one that and I heard this the other day had it on Heritation so I tried giving it a chance like okay let me just see. And I already knew this was going to be on my list, but I tried listening to it. No, it still sucks. Uh, the guy's voice just sucks. I, under, I understand they were brilliant musicians, but Winger blew. And they still blow. Um, they could play. Yeah, they could. But just because you can play doesn't mean you're gonna, I'm going to like your music. I, I like Poison. They couldn't play. I like the Sex Pistols. I mean, that not incredible musicianship. Yes, Winger could play, but Kip Winger is so annoying. His voice is so annoying. Looking at him the way he performed and the kicks and all that is annoying. So Headed for a Heartbreak is annoying, and that song sucks. The solo is pretty cool. I actually read about that in the book, uh, Nothing But a Good Time, where other guitarists were telling Red Beats, like, how lucky he was that he has a song that's a hit and on TV and all that. And he's got such a long solo, like the longest solo ever on radio. I, I don't mind winger. I know a people, a lot of people crap on them. Um, that I can pick three or four songs on each of their albums. Really like their third album pull though is really, really, really good. I've heard that. I don't, maybe it's not, I should try. it's not cheesy. Like it's I'd not like cheesy it. at all. Has a harder edge to it, but Anyway, we can disagree on that one. Well, you know, he, I, I, I did kind of feel bad for Kip Winger when I read the book Nothing But a Good Time because he was. They were talking about when they first found out. I think it may have been John Roth that brought on the tour bus the, um, the tape of Beavis and Butthead, and when they introduced the character Stewart with a Winger T-shirt, and they said that they were packing. I think about thousand seat arenas prior to that coming out, they were on tour and they were packing them. And they said, once that happened, that sales immediately dropped major, major drop. They couldn't get people to their shows. So it's like, I mean, Mike judge, it was funny. And I know he's just making a a joke, but man, he, (laughs) He hurt their income that year. Well, that and then sure. the was it the Unforgiven video with Lars throwing darts. It, it, at Winger? it was. Um, it's the other one. Um, Nothing else matters. Yeah, and uh, yes, he's throwing them, and, and I felt bad for for Kip Winger because he was talking about how like what did I ever do to him? And then Kip does basically take a jab at him that basically says the guy sucks at playing drums. Um. We know there's always that there's all I've always heard this that Metallica tried to play one of their songs and couldn't play it. That um, kind of is a goof, and I, I know Bo Hill, who produced those albums, said they're the best musicians collectively he's ever worked with. I, I, mean, I, don't, and, I don't doubt it. And Kip Winger just got like a Grammy or something for writing a classical album. Well, he said something about that in the book. He's like, did Lars put out a you know get a Grammy for a classical record? You know it. I'd be like Lars. Uh, I'd be like Lars got beat by Jethro Tull, a guy yeah, with well, a guy with a flute. <laughs> hey, by the way, I want to go off track for just one second. I thought about this the other day. I was driving, and um, Master of Puppets was on, 
And I'm listening to this, and a couple of thoughts go off in my head. One, Steve Wright, if you're listening to this, acting like Master of Puppets is like you don't like anything on that. Wow. I'm, still blows my mind. It's my favorite, probably my favorite heavy metal album. Blows my mind. But, so this is one that you're not, this is a comment you're not going to like. I'm going to go and prepare you for it. I don't know if any band has regressed more than Metallica from their peak. Oh, they've put out some bad stuff. I don't know that there's ever been a band that has regressed that bad. Um, and when I look at just the, the, the counterparts, Megadeth, solid records. Uh, the last two Anthraxes, two of their best of their career. Um, Slayer made a couple of weak ones, but the they were okay right at the end. But Metallica, man, it's terrible. Exodus puts out good records, good metal records. Metallica, man. Lars, put up a picture of yourself and start throwing darts. Well, he'll put um, up a picture of himself in front of an 80,000-seat soccer stadium that sold out. Yeah. But anyway, back to the topic. Um, another one that I know you are going to disagree with, but uh, I have Great White, House of Broken Love. All right, let me tell you why I disagree on that. It's I, for whatever reason, love the intro to that. And it's got kind of like that staggered drum beat there in there. And I love the music to it. I can understand the lyrics are bad, but from a musical standpoint, I love the song. It was just another, that's just another band that never did it for me. me and either. you know, and, and that's the thing is, I didn't even like the hits. Yeah, I didn't either. And the thing is, he was, or is Jack Russell, a great singer. And they say he, he I think he like is a total mess, like health wise. But they say he still sounds good, and he's old. He's way older than the other guys because they were they were trying to get a record deal in the seventies. Mm -hmm. uh, he was under well, he was uh, as a different band. Uh, Dante Fox, I believe, is what they were called. But no, I don't do it for this. I don't. I, don't, I mean, I don't. They did their music, just didn't do it for me. The next one, um, I told Kate in this. I had this on the list. Is that even about? I think it is. Vixen crying. That's a terrible song. Chris, what's your favorite Vixen song? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I don't have them. But uh, but no, that that's that's not very good. And that may be the one that um, it's either that one or the other hit because they had two hits. Edge of a Broken Heart. Richard Marks wrote. Okay, that's the one I was looking for. Yeah, I was gonna say Richard Marks wrote one. Um, but yeah, it, yeah, I'm not into that. So here's one too um, that. I debated putting this on the list because sometimes it, I don't mind it, but then sometimes it just it really annoys me. Ozzy Osbourne and Lita Ford, Close My Eyes Forever. Never liked it. Um, I used There was a time I liked it. Too forced. But, but it, it goes back to that changing the channel a lot of times when it comes on. This uh, That one didn't really do it for me. Um now let's get back to the that last wave of those bands that have said it's hard for me to listen to. I believe I was actually I know I was seventh grade, and man did I love Slaughter Stick It To You. I can't listen to Slaughter Stick It To You anymore. Unlistenable. Um, I was the same way. And, and there's one time like I heard recently on uh, Hair Nation, Burning Bridges was on. I do like that song. Oh, I hate it. He literally has the lyric, you're a liar, liar, liar with your pants on fire. It's about Vinnie Vincent. I mean, if you want to see bad lyricism, and that's not the only one, read the lyrics to that song. That's a gem of poor lyricism. Um, Man, but anyway, obviously you know the song I'm going to go with, Fly to the Angels. Oh, and I will say, as far as like ballads, it's more upbeat and all. I can listen to Spend My Life. That's one off that record I can still listen to. I think that's a pretty decent song. But for the most part, I can't listen to them. And Fly to the Angels, that voice, that voice, it's just nails on a chalkboard. 
it's one of those ones that how did we like that? Um, goes back to what you were to say though, when you're talking about when you're, you you said this um, a few weeks ago when we were talking about people to listen to Florida Georgia Line and say and saying oh well you said you liked all these hairs and it's like yeah I was twelve <laughs> yeah you know I was twelve. 13. All I needed I was like a major slaughter. chord and a chorus. Yeah, so, you know, times have changed. I don't like it anymore. Now, another one that I have on here that I was hesitant to put it on here because I like this band's music, um, especially their new music. They're probably, of any of the bands that are active right now, they are the best at making new music, hands down. And the band has been good to us. The singer has been incredibly kind to us. And so I almost hated to do it, but I can't leave it off just because they're cool to us and he's a nice guy. But Striper, honestly, it, it's it's rough. It, uh, and you know, they Striper could make a ballad. Listen to uh, Lady. That song is incredible. That's one of those ones that should have been a hit. You know, how that one was overlooked, I don't know. But Striper's a great band. Putting out the best material of their career. Yeah, and Striper's a band, their new stuff, I'd probably for the most, I'd, I'd prefer to listen to it. I, everybody always talks about, every uh, artist, every time their new album, oh, it's the best one we've ever done. Oh, this is the best one we've ever done. It, it's never true. In my opinion, it was true this time. And Michael Sweet said this last one was the, uh, what is it called again? Um, Even the Devil Believes or something like that? Yeah, Even the Devil Believes. It's the best album he's put out. Yeah. Totally. And I actually I actually messaged him on that one. And I said, yeah, I come from this at a, at a different standpoint than a lot of people do. I said, I, I didn't grow up listening to your music. So I don't have the nostalgia aspect that I have to listen to that's going to be hard for me to get past. I listen to it for what it is. This is your best record. And, I agree. Um, and I agree. Like if they decided to play that thing beginning to end, no complaints for me. Yeah, it, it, it that was good. But honestly, it was just I didn't like the synth. His voice is so high. Oh, so and it's another one that's not really even a, forget. And, and Striper is more of a metal band than they are hair band. Really, they had the hair band look, but they're more metal, especially especially. Now. Yeah, especially, but even back then, like Soldiers Under uh, Under Command, that that's that's a metal record. Um, yeah, if you remember at that Rockin' Pod when they got up and that band played it, and Jack Gibson was playing it on from Exodus, playing on bass, and he was totally geeking out. Yeah, it, that's a metal record. They were a metal band. Not only is this not a metal song, it's not even a rock ballad, hardly. Right. Just didn't do it for me. Um, I also had. Tough, I hate kissing you, but goodbye. I had Firehouse, Love of a Lifetime. And then the last one I put on, because I was just trying to think of stuff, and uh, I know you love the band. I'm not a Def Leppard fan, and Two Steps Behind is a really bad song. (laughs) Wrong. (laughs) Have you listened to the electric version? David, I don't. I don't need to hear it to know I don't like it. <laughs> hey, they're better than Pretty Boy Floyd. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I'll take them as musicians over Pretty Boy Floyd. I would too. <laughs> I mean, I like it. I don't. Uh, that is just one of those bands that, as I listen to, um, yeah, I, Def Leppard was one too that when I was a kid. I like their stuff a lot, and there's still some Def Leppard songs that I that I like, but I typically find myself changing this. If it's pre um, Hysteria, there's a good chance I'm leaving it. But Hysteria and later, like it's, I, I just as time has gone on, those Hysteria songs that were just wonderful when I was like fifth grade, not so much anymore. And they're worn out. Yeah, and that is a big part of it. Yeah, that is a big part of it. But even the ones that weren't hits, which just about every song was, I I just I don't like it as much. I don't like the early stuff. They were, you know, they were more 
that new wave of British heavy metal. Um, but anyway. I tell you what I think list. would be a good idea. If we had Sonny Pooney on and let him give us his list of worst ballads. Because he's an admitted ballad guy. I don't mind ballads. I like ballads. I know there's some people I, that say they don't like ballads. I, I don't mind them at all. Well, Steve Wright always talks about it. Yeah. Like, and I love ballads. You know, and I and I don't know. I know a lot of bands. I know they hated that formula, or they had to put the ballad on because they just wanted to rock. And some of them got away without putting one on, like the the first L.A. Guns record, no ballads. Didn't Testament even do a song called the Ballad? Yeah, and they they did an amazing ballad too, Return to Serenity. That that's a good that's a good metal band. You know, that's another that's another band that puts out way better records than Metallica. We're, way better. Speaking of Megadeth, I've just saw I got an update that Mustaine just released a riff that's going to be on it, and the album is supposedly about to come out. But when is he going to announce who played on it? Yeah, he's keeping that a secret. That's what I mean. You know, we knew there wasn't. We knew that it wasn't just all love and that between two days but it feels like Ellison tossing off gave him a chance to toss him out you know it's like that he's been waiting on a reason to toss him out and tossing led to getting tossed so oh boy I, I, and, you bet, but, you've, you've had that line all night you're like I got I really didn't that just hit me I, I didn't even know we were going to talk about the Megadeth but uh yeah, he um, to to for him to have laid down his bass parts. <laughs> I mean, what an f you! We're removing your bass parts. You gotta you gotta wonder before. if he's being so secretive about it. This person's in another big band. Maybe, but you know the um the cool thing is, I've seen it before. Um, this is a small example because this wasn't like huge mega stardom band, but um, you take uh. Slash of Snake Pit, the second record that he put out, Ryan Roxy played guitar. He recorded that album, but he quit before uh, the album came out. And I think he helped Carrie, Carrie Kelly, get in, who was his buddy. And he got Carrie in the band. So that album, you look at the back cover, it's got Carrie on it. Carrie didn't play a, a note on it, it was already, record was done. Didn't that happen with like that big Quiet Ride album too? Some of those guys didn't play on it. Um, the yeah, the original bassist did play on some of the tracks. Um, I don't know all the story on that, but but yeah, that. So I guess in one way, even though it seems like it's a big slap in the face to Ellison, I guess it's kind of cool for whoever does come in because they are like a full on member of the band and a contributor to the album. Yeah. I, I'm anxious. I'm really anxious for that one because that last one was so good. Kiko, the guitar player really added a cool sound to him. Yeah. He, he's a, he's definitely got to be one of the better players that, that, uh, <laughs> in a, uh, a long line of great players. Yeah. In a line that has had nothing but great players and he's probably in the upper echelon of them, but that one was really, really good. And uh, we'll see what happens with the next one. But that was that was one of the best of their career, in my opinion. Well, Chris, this was fun, and we'll find another another reason to do another podcast. Maybe have some fun on it. Maybe I can talk to Sonny and get him not a, not as a fun one as a as a serious one. Hear his favorite ballads because he loves ballads. And can if we do that, can we also have BC on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be great. BC BC is a national treasure. We need BC on to do ballads. Well, Chris, to quote Tough, I hate kissing you goodbye. All right. And with that, we will sign off. Take care, everybody.